If you can stay there on the keyboard, Jordan, for me. John chapter 9. John chapter 9. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, I believe, today. As Jesus was walking along, verse 1, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? And Jesus answers in verse 3, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. This happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. And then he says, we, in some translations, we must work the works of him who sent us while it is day. In this translation it says, we must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us by the one who sent us. Because the night is coming and then no one can work. But while I am here in this world, I am the light of this world. There's no time to lose. You're here this morning and many of us are going into the new year with things in our lives that have not been, they're, they're unfixable according to you. You've tried everything and they cannot be fixed. You just don't have a fix. Is there anyone standing with me on that one? I see at least two or three people here. Bree and not the daughter in the Lord that we haven't seen has been in college. She haven't seen in a long time. Seen just some others. I welcome you. If we haven't said that before, we welcome you to the assembly. Welcome you home. You came on the right Sunday because this was for you. Twenty twenty is going to be a year when many of us will come to the vivid realization that it doesn't matter what you do, you can't fix it. It don't matter what you do. Whether the reason for the break and the disruption and the turmoil is yours or not. The point is, if there's going to be a fix, God's going to fix it. The faster we realize that point, the better it's going to be. I think somebody needs to hear that again. The faster we get to the point 
where we realize I don't have a fix. I can't work it out. The faster change will come. You will be able to surrender and put on the altar and say, God, if you don't fix this job, if you don't fix this relationship, if you don't fix these kids, if you don't fix my boss, if you don't, if you don't give me direction, I will continue to fumble and stumble in this darkness I feel. But I know that you're here. I know you're here with me. I know you're here with me. And I'm reaching out. We have a story here where Jesus' disciples were completely baffled because it is just like us as human beings to want to find the place of fault, the person of fault, the individual of fault. It is of our humanity. It, it's just the way we were made. It's the inquisitiveness of our sinful nature. Going all the way back to the Garden of Eden where God said, don't mess with this tree. Don't, don't. Just leave it alone. Enjoy the millions of other things I've given for your enjoyment. And just put this tree on the back burner. We couldn't do that. And instead of scrapping us, instead of, of, just, of just starting over, I said last Sunday, if you were here, that, that the, the Christ, the birth of Jesus Christ is has gone beyond a story for me because now I find myself crying profusely and asking God, asking God, Jesus, how did you manage as, as one of the integral parts of the Godhead to come down and allow yourself to be placed in the body of a baby when while he was a baby, he had the power to talk. He's God, and he didn't. He knew what people's thoughts were going to be before they had them while he was a baby because it was God himself in the flesh. He could have corrected his mom and dad if there was an argument and he knew who was right and how to fix it before it ever started. And all he did was lie there like a baby. As the baby he was. You know what I said last week? If God could humble himself to do that, I can get off my perch. <laughs> if Jesus could go through that, and stick to the plan, then I could 
submit myself to his plan. But here Jesus is with us. Guys, they're hanging out. They come to this place. They see a man that's blind. They may have known him for a long time. We're not told that. But the question came up. Why is he blind? Who, who's responsible for the wrong? Just being here made me very mushy inside because I expect God, the eternal savior of humanity, the one who made me, to be more interested in, in who was wrong and who was right. I say, if I was God, I, I gotta know who was wrong. Somebody was wrong. But Jesus looks at them and he says, the fault is not on his mom or his dad. Get your mind changed, guys. There's some things that you're going through that you have to deal with. Your place of deliverance will start when you pull your finger back and start point, stop pointing. In 2020, I challenge you to pull your finger back and stop pointing. In 2020, I challenge you, whether you know that they're at fault or not, I, I challenge you to pull your finger back and say, God, mm, my flesh won't. Oh, oh, I, oh, I know I didn't have nothing to do, do with this. I, I, I want to point a finger. And God is saying, there's no time to lose. Don't worry about that. If you're going to have breakthrough, if you are going to, to, to go into 2020, and absolutely take possession of the land that God has declared that you put your foot on. The first thing you got to do is pull your finger back and say, okay, I don't care about fault anymore. I just want you to tell me what to do, God. Is there somebody who wants to get themselves in the place where your, your lips and your spirit and your heart says to God, well, what do you want to do, God? What's your plan? What, what, what's, your, what's your purpose for me? Where, do you, where are you taking me? What should I be doing? How can I navigate this new year into victory, into purpose, into breakthrough. How? I, I, I don't have an answer anymore. Jesus said this didn't happen because of somebody's fault. And if you're looking for fault, you're going to be stuck. If you're looking for fault, you will be stuck. Look at somebody, tell somebody next to you so it can reinforce what I'm saying in this message. If you're looking for fault in 2020, you will be stuck. If you're looking 
for fall. You will be stuck. If you're looking for fall, you will be stuck. Because all God wants is for my vision to shift from fault to forgiveness. To forgiveness. There's not a direct theological connection in this story between fault and forgiveness, but for us, forgiveness seems to be one of the main things that keeps us pointing for who's at fault. Unforgiveness, I mean. In 2020, God is saying, your victory is based, your victory will be guaranteed, your victory will be solidified and stuck, staked in the ground. When you, with the Holy Spirit help, is able to move from fault to forgiveness. He said, but let me tell you more. It's not just that his parents weren't at fault. This particular incident has taken place because I want to show my power. The opportunity, the opportunity for God's power. The opportunity for God's power to be shown. Is there someone this morning that needs to see God's power show up? in your life I don't know about you but I, I I am severely pressed to get to the next level in 2020 because I've hit my 50s and all of a sudden things seem to be speeding up my days seem to be coming shorter I know, young folks, you don't understand anything I'm telling you about this, but I promise you, there is a point at which stuff just starts to speed up. You hit a certain age, and if you had not been married yet, it looks like nobody is interested in you no more. Because the urgency, something in you tells you, time is flying. You're out of college for a certain amount of time and you have not yet been able to land the job that you so planned to, to have. And two, three, four, five years have passed. Ten years have passed since you graduated. And, and, and somehow you... Can I change your focus this morning? Not only does God want to move you from the first two, but he also wants to refocus you on his ability to bring power. 
to bring power. I don't know about you this morning, but I need some power in my pocket. I need some power in my heart. I need some power in my hands. I, I, I don't want any more. I want more incidents. I've had a few. It felt good. I knew there and then it was God. I knew it. That I've told you before about the time. I, Holy Spirit said, okay, stop. Let's pray for this young lady. By the time we were finished praying at Walmart, instead of just the three of us, there were seven more people Amen. that stood at the door of Walmart on Irby Street, and black and white, and were praying with me. You know, before that moment, my mind and my flesh was telling me, you look crazy. You don't see no other church people praying for people in public. You know all your spirit-filled friends. You know all the other pastors you hang out with. You know you hadn't heard any story from none of them about stopping in public and praying for, praying for somebody. That's the way it's supposed to be. Don't you step out of line. I'm glad on that day I stepped out of line. I stepped out of the devil's line and I stepped into God's way. And I said, let me, I don't care who's around, can I pray for you right now? And as we prayed, the power of God came down and I knew that God moved. Are you going to Allow God's power to be completely seen in your life. Are you this morning going to allow the power of God to shine so powerfully in and through you that when you shake a hand, when you smile, when you go and hang out to watch TV with your family, somehow... Holy Spirit in you will change the conversation. And at some point, somebody will pull you aside and confide that I have been fearful. I have been in torment. I've been having bad dreams. I've been sick. Can you pray for me? And the Holy Ghost is going to come up from its settling place in your heart. And the power will emerge and you will say absolutely yes and you will place your hand and you will pray and God's power will come down not so you could feel good but so they know that God is real I need somebody in my life to know that God is real in 2020 I need someone to know there's no time to lose. I can't lose time anymore. All you have to do is give it up and turn it over. Give it up and turn it over this morning. Give it up and turn it over. Give it up and turn it over this morning. Give it up. And turn it over this morning. Get to your assignment. 
God isn't giving you the power so that you can do what you want to do. He's going to fill you with power so that you can fulfill, fulfill your assignment. Do you understand that before he sent the church, the brand new church out to fulfill assignment, he said, don't get hasty. I would like you to wait in Jerusalem. I'm sending someone who will allow you the power, who will give, who will be the source that I have ordained to empower you to fulfill mission. They waited. We don't have a clear record, but I am sure there were some believers who became foolish virgins and said, I done waited two days. I got stuff to do. I've been here for four days. And this Holy Spirit thing that they talk about, I don't see anything. I've got some work to do. And they left. Human reasoning. Human mentality tells me that not all the people, all the Christians that Jesus said, wait for the promise, actually stayed for the promise. The promise is power this morning. I cannot go through, I cannot go into 2020. There's a lot of deficiencies in my mind, in my heart, in my soul. But I have to have Holy Ghost power in me. I may be void of a lot of things, but Holy Ghost power, I can have. Tell someone, I may be missing a lot. Go ahead and tell them. They already know I may be missing a lot. Mama Anchorage, there's a lot that I'm missing. But I don't have to miss Holy Ghost. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Doesn't matter how bad it gets. I don't have to miss Holy Ghost, Jordan. I don't have to miss the power. I don't have to miss the anointing. I don't have to miss the glory of God. It's there for my receiving. This guy didn't get blind, so you can point fingers. This guy is blind, so you could see my power. Is there a blind spot in your life? Is there a blind spot in your life this morning that power needs to be administered to? And instead of pulling your hands back and lifting them in worship. You spent a lot of 2019 pointing a finger. I know I have. But today, I come to a point of breakthrough and I say, Lord, I am letting it go. If I'm going to receive your power, I got to let it go. If I'm going to receive your power, I've got to stop pointing. If I'm going to receive your glory and anointing, I've got to stop blaming. If I'm going to receive your glory and power, I've got to stop looking at someone else and just look at me and you. 
me and you, me and you. It's, just, it's, it's me, oh Lord, me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's not my mama nor my father, but it's me, oh Lord. I'm standing in the need of prayer. What's your assignment? What's your assignment? I want you to look at two verses very quickly because these are the pivotal verses to get you out of the pointing, get you in to the place of power. And we don't talk about it enough. Psalm 66 and 18, it said, I read this over the prayer line a couple nights ago, and there was a breakout of worship. I pray that the same thing happens as we exegete this for just a moment. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Another translation says, if I cuddle sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Another translation says, if I hold on, if I hide, iniquity in my heart the Lord will not hear me so that we don't get it mixed up it is not that God sees iniquity and says I am listening I am listening is that our God is so pure and holy so righteous so just in his behavior that when iniquity is willfully practiced and encouraged and held on to and cuddled, it becomes a stench to his nostrils. Went out with a young man the other day. He's fox hunting. Wants to catch fox out in Effingham. I said, sure, let's ride out. See, you set the fox traps. We got there and he digs the hole and he puts the chicken feathers down in the hole, puts the trap, and then when he gets to the very end of it, just before we go, he pulls a bottle out and starts spraying around. It was the foulest stench I have ever smelled. It was cured fox urine. And as stink as it is to me, it attracts foxes to the trap. <laughs> and I said, Lord, I'm sitting there in the four-wheeler waiting for him. He sprays it about 20 feet, 30 feet away because he leaves me on the path to go in and set his trap. 
And as I'm sitting there, Holy Spirit says, you know there's a couple of things in you that smell like that. I couldn't help but start crying. I sat there. The poor guy came back. He don't know why I'm over there crying. What you th what's wrong, Mr. Ross? What, what, what's going on, Mr. Andrew? I said, that's nothing. That's nothing. But Holy Spirit said to me, you know, there's a couple of spots that smell like this. I want to get close to you. I want to, I want to become more intimate with you, but th there's, there's a couple of things in there that's kind of pushing me away. I can't get closer. I, can't, I, I want to. But because of this, when I get close to you, it's, it's like trying to hug a porcupine. And right there, as I sat down, I said, Lord, whatever you have to do, I don't want to take it into 2020. I want you to cut it out. I want you to clip it off. I want you to burn it off. Because I cannot do without intimacy with you. I can't live without the Holy Spirit's presence. I cannot function without your presence in my life. I can't live without knowing that you are right there with me. Come and take the stench away. The stench is any sin. Paul said we need to get rid of the sin and weight that so easily beset us. Can I tell you a hidden secret about the church today? It's that many of us have been able to give God the sin, the stuff that is glaring, the stuff that is hurtful and painful as we think to God but we have completely missed out on the weight. I think the adversary has been using more weight than sin in the church today. What does the weight do? The weight starts off not affecting you. The weight starts off as something that you could do and not sin. The weight starts off with you, God blessing you with a new job that you have prayed for. And instead, when he gives you the job, instead of constantly presenting that job as a sacrifice to him, you just said, thank you, Lord, and you jumped in there and took over. Not knowing that that is exactly what the adversary was waiting for, to make a job into a weight. For the first couple of months, you do your job and you're in church on Sundays and on Wednesdays. And then the adversary begins to, to put weight on the weight. And then they start asking you about working mandatory overtime on a Wednesday. And then they said, that the company has changed its policy and you need to work some Sundays. 
And before you know it, the job that started off as a blessing has turned into a weight that is now keeping you away from fellowship. And if you stay out of fellowship long enough with the saints, you also begin to stay out of fellowship with God. No man was created to be an island. Is there a weight? Can you look at your life this morning? Don't put your hands up. And see that the adversary has been using things that started off as really okay and good things to you. But because you did not constantly put that good thing as a sacrifice before God. As Abraham presented his only son, the blessing that God gave him. It is now becoming a weight. And the weight is killing you. The weight is killing your profitability to God. It's not the big things, it's the little things. If you cuddle iniquity in your heart, the Lord will not hear you. This morning I'm asking you to stop pointing fingers. To receive God's power. By turning away from iniquity. Stop pointing fingers. Receive power. By turning away from iniquity. Stop pointing fingers. You have a right to point a finger. You have a right. You are in the right. God's saying, if you continue to fight, I can't fight. If you continue to fight for your own battle, in your own fight, then I can't fight. If you continue to defend yourself on your own, then I can't defend you. Stop fighting. Stop fighting. Stop fighting. It may look like you're losing, but you're not losing. Stop fighting. Stop pointing. Stop fighting. Stop pointing. It may look like you're losing, but you're not losing. You're tapping into something greater because the power of God will descend on you. Thank you, Jesus. The power of God will descend on you as you release whatever is there. Whatever is there. The black spot. The weight. You're right there on the edge this morning. Many of you, you are a believer. You've been a Christian for a while. And you're right there. You're on the cusp. You're on the cusp. Bree, you're on the cusp. Daughter, you're on the cusp of victory. You're on the cusp. It's the little things. Would you go to the throne with me? There's no time to lose. There's no time to lose. You can't go into 2020 staggering. You gotta have, you gotta get. You got to get the renewed life now, 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 today, today. Today is the day that you renew, that you renew, renew. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. 
I am the clay, oh God. Mold me and make me I'm waiting, yielded and still. Bow your heads, bow your heads. Lay it on the altar. Lay it on the altar this morning. There's no time to lose. Forget about who's at fault. This is for God's glory. This is for God's glory. This is for God's glory. You're going, you're going through this stuff for God's glory. There's glory coming. There's glory coming. There's glory coming. There's glory coming. Yielded and still. Would you stand with me as we sing that song? Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. You are the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me. After God while I am waiting, yielded and still. Father, I ask you as a congregation to come in agreement with me and just lift that, that arm, that one hand, that both hands, it doesn't matter. And we just proclaim, God, it's your way or no way. It's your way or no way. I cannot go around in circles anymore. I refuse to go around in circles anymore. Not unless you ordain it as my, my Jericho, but I will not wander aimlessly. I'm not pointing any more fingers. I'm not complaining anymore. I'm not spending any more time being sidetracked by the devil while you are willing and ready to take away my iniquity, to clean up my black spot, to sweep my deck, And take me into this new year and season as a victor. As a victor. As a winner. As a conqueror. Oh God. I say yes. Yes. I say yes, my Lord. I say yes, my Lord. 
Come on. Say yes, my Lord. I'll say yes. 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 Just one more time. We're going to close out right here. I'll say yes. I'll say yes. 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 I'll say yes. 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 I'll say yes. My Say yes, I'll say yes, yes, I got purpose to, to walk in, I'll say yes, 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 I've got territory to take.